0: Hey how goes it Substackers? Welcome to my walk It's a uh, it's a video rant today. It's Friday, you know. Friday is like a uh, date night, movie night. So uh, I mean, hopefully you're having a better date night than sitting at home and uh, and and watching this. But, you know, if you have a few minutes to kill on, on your way to bed or something, uh here you go. Uh first off question. I always like to uh, you know, get a little question going for the comments. Y'all ever eat a meal and you're full for, like, 36 hours? And I'm not suggesting that you eat something and then you don't eat for another 36 hours. But, like, my stomach, I don't know how y'all's bellies are, but I've got, like, um, memory foam stomach. You know what I mean? Like, I can tell what food is in my belly. Like, I can feel like meatballs from a couple of days ago still in there like I'll, I'll be I'm like I'll eat a sandwich and I'll know I'm like no nah, I digested that sandwich but them meatballs from the other day they're st- I'm still full from them you know what I mean like just because I'm full don't mean that I'm not going to eat again because I'm aware that I still need vitamins but I had some meatballs the other day and I think two of them are still right here so that's where I'm at anyways I wanted to share something with y'all that was just, <laughs> I was just reminded of. This is an old, uh, well, in the comedy world, we call them war stories, which is completely insensitive uh, to actual veterans. But when we're comedians talking, that's what we call them. It's a road story of being a comedian. I was talking to my friend Janet Williams. Some of y'all may know her as the Tennessee Tramp. <laughs> she called me. Uh, I don't know if it was just to remind me that her 76th uh, birthday was coming up. She'd be doing that from time to time, just to let me know, hey, by the way, uh, you know, but we call, we talked on the phone, bullshitted for a little bit, and we got to talking about some old clubs we used to play together. And we were talking about this one, and I'm I'm kind of remiss to even say where it was, because I don't want, I don't want this to sound like I'm talking crap about the person that booked them. And you know what, I don't care. Uh, the club i was working at was in jackson tennessee right and we're talking this was 10 12 years ago i mean i've been doing at this point i've been doing stand-up for like eight years but i'm still a suckling babe you know and this is what we're going to refer to as a hell gig now the room i'm playing in jackson is not the hell gig i love that now it's a c room you know what i'm saying like it's definitely a c room but they let me headline so in my brain it's an a room and it was always fun it was attached to an italian restaurant y'all have definitely heard me talk about this room before but i don't know that i talked about what happened to me one time on the way there so the dude that books it this is this is one of those classic comedy stories that when you i swear to god when i'm telling this to some people they're like you are fucking lying to me but i'm not so i am like packing my bags early in the week about to be on the way up there the booker calls me he's like hey are you doing anything on uh on the wednesday before you get here i was like no 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 not at all you know he's like oh sweet well i've got a super sweet deal for you now i know this now i didn't know this then any young aspiring comedians watching this not always <laughs> but usually if a comedy club booker that's not like your home club booker even then if they say i've got a really sweet deal for you what it means is it's a really sweet deal for them you know what i'm saying he's like, i got a really sweet deal for you he's like man i got you a one-nighter that's on your way here you had to be coming this way anyways you may as well do it As a young comedian, I'm like, oh my God, because you got to understand, when you're a young comedian, you would do it for free, and that's how these goddamn club owners and bookers and all these people, they know they've got you, because being a comedian is, we would do this for free, and that's why they get away with paying us such shit money for such a long time. Like, being a professional comedian as I am now, like, at a certain point, you just have to... Learn and beat it into yourself to not accept shit money, even though you still would, because you love doing it so much. Do you understand? This is, that's the only reason we get managers. We get managers so that someone will stand up for us, because we just want to say funny stuff, right? I didn't have a manager at the time, so I was like, yeah, what's the gig? He's like, all right, it's a casino, right, in West Memphis, Arkansas. I didn't know what the fuck West Memphis, Arkansas was. So I'm like, okay, casino, that sounds fancy and fun. I'd never left hardly anywhere to go anywhere in my life. So I'm like, that sounds fancy and fun. He's like, yeah, it pays $200. And like I said, you're already going that way, anyways. That's right on the way here. So I'm like, hell yeah. Well, first note that I think you know where this is going. It in no way, I mean, technically, yeah. I had to go kind of in that direction to get to Jackson, Tennessee, but it was way out the well, you know, towards Arkansas, right? Secondly, my car sucked, so I had to borrow my dad's car to even go on this trip. Not even, by the way, not only did I have to borrow my dad's car, I had to borrow my dad's duffel bag. This is how broke I was, y'all. I ain't had a duffel bag. So I had to borrow my dad's duffel bag to go on the trip. So I had to borrow my dad's car. My dad's car was a Nissan Armada. So yeah, it's true. I'm picking up an extra 200 bucks to go on this gig, which is like 125 miles out of my way. Uh, and I don't know if y'all know, you know how much gas was uh, right there at the end of the Bush administration and how much gas uh, costs in a Nissan Armada, which is basically a tank uh, with a really good uh, Michelin rating or whatever the fuck it is. Anyways, whatever, I'm breaking even. That's not the shitty part of this trip. I get there and I realize that the uh, term casino has been very loosely defined. Uh, By the way, we are, as y'all know, because we're talking in private, we're in the Chickamauga battlefield. We are coming upon where Longstreet's charge was. And here's what I know about Longstreet's charge. Longstreet was a general, and in this, uh, pun intended, general area is where he charged uh, at the opposing side. Uh, So anyways, they were really playing fast and loose with the definition of casino, because casinos are illegal in this part of the country, so it's all just video slots. And uh, look, nothing against anybody who likes to go to video slot places. Hell, I'm one of them sometimes, but uh, you know, we'll just say it's not always the classiest clientele. I was by far the most well-dressed sumbitch in there, and I guarantee you I had on a t-shirt t-shirts new idea write that down i guarantee you i had on t-shirts and flip-flops right so i get in there and i was very early because i'm a neurotic bitch. so i get to the bar where i'm doing the show it ain't like no goddamn you know nice lounge or a theater it's a bar and i get in there early so no one's in there which was i was kind of confused because i was like okay i know i'm early for the show but like this is still a bar at a casino. I figured there'd be some people in there, but not a soul, right? Well, then all of a sudden, sorry, I got a stone in my shoe. Uh, I, a couple people kind of like, you know, obviously they lost the trailer on a penny slot and they came in there to drown their saws. Well, now it's getting like really close to showtime. Nobody in there. Uh Like at one point, not even a waitress sitting around looking like she might do something, just nobody. Just a bartender, an old, wise looking black man cleaning the same glass, like over and over and over again. And the booker, right? And the booker of that particular room is sitting there next to a karaoke rig that I think was gonna be used later for the after show. And he's sitting there looking at a notebook. And I finally work, and he looks like Kingpin from the comic books, if you 're familiar if you 're not familiar with King from the comic book videos, um, bald man, big looked like he 'd beat the shit out of anybody, especially me. so I finally worked up the courage to go talk to him. He definitely knew who I was because I walked in uh, with a notebook and uh, the, the look of uh, hope and despair in my eyes, so he was like that 's a comedian, plus I walked in wearing one thing and then went and changed because'm like even though I was a young stupid comedian, you know like went went performing in t-shirt and shorts and flip-flops right as soon as i walk up to him i was like hey uh so uh not expected much of a crowd tonight huh now for the record i should have mentioned this earlier i'm not i wasn't worried about that because we didn't do a door deal now for those of you that aren't up on the nomenclature of uh comedians a door deal is what you want if you're a popular comedian like now i work on door deals a door deal is like hey uh Oh, I've worked this club before. I know that I can sell a lot of tickets, so my door deal will be like an 80-20 split. I get 80% of the door, the club keeps 20, so they make their 20% and they keep all the drink money. We're all happy. You don't want a door deal if you're, responsi- if you're responsible for selling tickets and you're not popular. So if I'd have had a door deal at this casino, I'd be screwed because there's nobody there, but I didn't. I'm just making 200 flats, so frankly, I don't give a fuck who is there. I mean, obviously, you always want there to be people there because you want to do a show. But, like, we're talking five minutes before the show. There's nobody here. And in my brain, I'm going, okay, well, if it's going to be a light show, if nobody shows up, then I don't have to do the show. Because I would rather do no show than a show for two people. Trust me. Uh, As much as it may contradict what I said earlier about comedians always want to perform, we do not want to perform to single digits of people. That is a nightmare. (laughs) Comedy is something that requires a crowd experience. Only one time have I ever... Well, there have been a couple times, depending on the circumstances, one time in Buffalo, and maybe one of y'all were at the show, there was an ice storm, and for some reason they didn't want to cancel the show and we had eight people in the audience, and uh, they were all troopers. They came and sat in the front eight seats, and I decided I don't need a microphone, so I performed just like Shakespeare in the round style, Uh, and it was a lot of fun because of the circumstances. Everybody there knew, hey, the only reason we're the only eight people here is because everybody else got stuck because of ice. If those eight people had had the context of we're the only eight people here because apparently this guy sucked way different energy do you understand what i'm saying so there's nobody there though i go up to the booker it is time for the show to start i said hey what are we doing he goes well you're about to go on stage and i go okay but there's nobody here i said shouldn't we give people a minute and he said yeah we're going to give it five minutes to see if people show up. And I said, okay, but then when they don't show up, we're just bouncing, right? He said, no, in five minutes, you're going on. I said, and doing what? Just standing there? And he goes, no, you're going to do your act. And I was like, to who? He said, to the back of the fucking room. I don't give a shit. And I didn't understand. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold what, on. What do you mean? And he's looking at me like I'm the dumbest motherfucker In the whole world, he's like, you're going to do your act. I was like, wait, do you want to hear it? He's like, no, I don't want to hear it. I was like, does the bartender want to hear it? He's like, no, he doesn't want to hear it. I go, then what's the point? And he goes, son, if someone from the casino, one of the higher up people, walks through the lobby, they have to see that there's a show going on. Do you understand? And he kind of starts winking at me, right? Right. And it's sort of starting to click. It's sort of starting to click. And it's only clicking with me because of, like, episodes of The Sopranos that I've watched. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think I know what's going on. So that happens. Nobody shows up. I go on stage. He just looks at me. And I just start doing my act. Now, I go through the whole fucking thing. And I sort of start getting monotone for a minute, and he kind of looks at me like, hey, don't you fucking phone this in, do your act. Like, if somebody walks by, it needs to look like there's a fucking show going on. And so I've got to go up there and give it my all. And only years later when I heard, like, Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart bitching about, like, working on Marvel movies where they were, like, this isn't acting, referring to, like, green screen and, like, having to play off tennis balls and everybody was just, like, what the fuck? What's the difference? I was, like, I think I get it. I kind of get it. It's way more difficult. And then, yeah, I get to the other club and they explain to me, they're, like, yeah, dude, it's all a fucking tax write-off and there's a lot of greasing in hands and palm and money and shit and, like... They have to have a show. So, like, even if people ain't in there, you got to fucking talk. You can't not talk. You know what I'm saying? And that was by far the creepiest, weirdest, and I got to say, most, one of the most humiliating experiences I've ever had. Now, hey, I got my $200, whatever. But, like, I, I really wish I was better with words. Then I'd be a more successful comedian. But just to convey to you the awkwardness of performing my act while this booker just sits at a table and is writing in a notebook and every now and then would look up, look up at me. Not to criticize my jokes, by the way, but just to be like, more energy. More energy for the people that aren't here. It was crazy. It was so shady. And every time I would look out in the lobby and see anyone in a suit walk by... I kept feeling like I was going to get shot. Does that make sense? So, yeah, that was life on the road in the Southern Circuit. I genuinely can't imagine what it was like for, like, Leno and those guys who legitimately worked the mob scene, like, in New York and New Jersey back in the 70s and 80s when, like, I mean, you hear those dudes tell the stories all the time, like, Mob guys would be in there. They wouldn't like somebody's act. They just shoot him in a fucking kneecap, and then they just drag him off stage, and that'd be that. So, anyways, man, I really hope that I haven't told that story on here before. But you know, I've got new subscribers since then. And what are you gonna do? I'm so glad that y'all are here. Uh, Pastor Petey will be back Sunday. Everybody's out of the hospital. Uh, that's good. Mom's sick now, but like, you know, not hospital sick. So that's good. Uh, I don't feel great, but that ain't nothing new. That's, uh, just, uh, how it goes four months out of the year. I hope y'all are doing good. I hope this work week was, uh, decent for you. Um, I hope you're all off for president's day. My wife is being a teacher and all. And, uh, which means I will have a little help at home, and hopefully I can get some extra substack stuff done for y'all. That's my plan anyways. So thanks for listening to me ramble. I hope y'all have a wonderful Friday night, and I hope you have a great Saturday, and I'll see you Sunday with the good word from Pastor Petey. Oh, hey, I should take this time to mention, if you're an airhead and you didn't catch the announcement on this week's putting on airs, This Wednesday, we have episode 100 of Putting on Airs, and we're going to live stream it. Wednesday, February 21st, we're live streaming, Putting on Airs from our YouTube page, watchpoa.com, and it'll also be broadcast from all of Trey Crowder's socials. So go subscribe to our YouTube. I'm worn out. (laughs) Go go subscribe to our YouTube, watchpoa.com, Uh, And and be sure to catch us 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday, the 100th episode of Putting on Air. Thank you all for being here. I love you all so much. Bye-bye.